you need to have passion for it. You need to find joy in it because inevitably I think things do get hard. I mean, you might just be doing it as a hobby and maybe, you know, that's okay. But if you really want to do it and, and help people, I think it's super important to have energy behind it. Welcome to the Online Course Guy podcast. I am Jacques Hopkins, the Online Course Guy, and this is the show where we show you how to take your hobby or passion and turn it into a profitable online course. I was able to do just that with the piano, and now after being an engineer for eight years, I'm proud to say that I support my family just from the income from my online piano course. Today on the show, I had a married couple, Clay and Cindy Cooper, and they have a slightly different model than we've been talking about throughout this podcast and with some of the guests that I've had on this podcast. They don't necessarily have an online course, but they do have an online learning platform. What they do is sync you up, sync up people that are seeking to learn Spanish, sync that, uh, that type of student up with a native Spanish speaker in Guatemala. And it's a total win-win because the student gets to work on their Spanish and the teacher is in a third world country and really appreciates the job and the income. So this was a great conversation and I was, I was really curious about their model and their story and everything. And I was so glad to be able to talk with them. So a few of the things we went over, they talked about how they were set, they, they set out to make the eBay of languages, which the, the way that Clay put it like that, I just thought was so cool. We talked about how they switched from a for-profit company to a non-profit company. And we talked about all the tech problems that came with starting way back in 2004. So this was a really great conversation. Let's go ahead and jump into it now. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thank great you. To be here. Nice, to, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. I assume you guys are both fluent in Spanish. Is that a fair assumption? Well, I once was. I don't practice enough to really keep up with it, but uh, at, uh, for a while there, I certainly was. We just, uh, I just actually had another uh, lesson to brush, brush up a bit. Yeah, I think it's something you have to constantly practice, you know, unless you're a native speaker, to stay fluent. It's like playing, it's like playing an instrument. You, you know how you can be really good at it, but if you take a period of time off or you don't play every day, it, it takes a while to catch up again, so. Yeah, no, I, I definitely understand that. My, uh, I don't know much Spanish, but my French goes up and down in terms of how much I'm using it here yeah. and there. So tell me, who is it, which one of you guys came up with the idea for Speak Shop and, and kind of take me back to that time when you, you got the idea and how that came about? Yeah, it was funny because uh, Cindy and I were just talking about last night that it's been almost 20 years. It'll be 20 years uh, come, I guess, uh, August or September when I first went to Guatemala to study Spanish. Uh, sort of an immersion program and was down there studying seven hours a day, one-on-one -on -one, and realized it was just a fantastic way to learn to speak Spanish, especially for a person like me. I was 31 years old. I didn't uh, speak any Spanish really. I'd taken one year in high school and um, it was, I figured it was going to be really, really hard for me to learn a language. And it was really hard for me to learn a language. And I just needed to have that one-on-one -on -one instruction. And so then I, when I was there, I ended up, um, you know, because I, it's, if it's working for me, I figured it work, could work for a lot of other people. But the biggest barrier 
for uh, for people to learn to speak Spanish was they just weren't willing to go to Guatemala. And back then, they had just finished coming out of a 25-year-long civil war. It was uh, it was considered pretty dangerous. And um, so I realized the internet had just started to come along because it was really 1998. The internet had really just kind of started to be a, a bigger, more commercial opportunities were out there. And then um, uh, we ended up, um, and then anyway, the, but the internet wasn't quite ready, but I knew that there was an opportunity there for people to be able to learn over the internet at some, at some point. So then in 2004, uh, Cindy and I decided to work on it together and um, we launched it then. And the idea is not necessarily like an online course. It's the idea of just simply syncing up somebody that wants to learn how to learn Spanish with somebody who knows how to learn Spanish that could use a job income of some sort, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Because the tutors down there, it's not the, our tutors anyway, they're not just like people off the street. These are uh, well-educated. They all have college educations. They've been teaching Spanish for a long time. They've taken courses on how to teach Spanish. So they're very, very good at teaching Spanish. And um, typically the people we, and so we have a whole curriculum, but typically our students come in having sort of like some Spanish and just can't seem to break through to that level where they can speak easily and write easily and communicate easily. So having this one-on-one -on -one instruction is exactly what they need. They need to be able to break through that, which they struggle with sometimes in class. It's taking that in-person immersion Spanish experience and putting it online. Like you said, it's, it's connecting people with each other. It's not an app. It's not software. It's about the human inter interaction, which is ultimately what communication is, you know, meaningful communication is, is about. So <clears throat> did anything like this exist when you started it or, as far as you know, are you the kind of the first ones to do something like You're this? Right in there in the beginning, there was one other company who kind of started about the same time we did. I don't know if they had launched before we did or not, but I do know we were the only one uh, that had a, a model that was based upon helping the Spanish teachers, the Guatemalan Spanish teachers, earn a fair wage. And that's that was really what we were shooting for. We wanted it to be a, sort of a market driven as best we could figure out what, you know, we wanted them to determine what they would charge for a rate. Yeah. I mean, when we were working on it before we launched and even when we launched, we weren't aware of any other Spanish instruction programs online. I don't, I don't think there were any at that time. There was a, um, an English program that people were doing. And so it was cool to see that at least somebody was using online video conferencing or audio conferencing but you know, this was way before uh, Skype video, and um, we were taking a lot of chances. Yeah, Skype with that audio. Idea. Had, Skype audio had just come out. I think it was 2004. So that and that revolutionized everything. It's crazy to think you can start making phone calls almost for free, essentially, or essentially for free internationally. That was a whole new, whole new thing. Yeah, that, I remember that. That was a that was a complete game changer. I, I remember my my sister had taken a trip to Europe. And we could communicate on this new thing called Skype. And it was just audio, but it was basically free if you had an internet connection. So I can only imagine what that did for what you were trying to do. Yep. So you guys, I mean, this has been up and running for a very long time. Yep. Uh, and obviously technology has changed significantly since its inception. But just in terms of like the overall model and concept of what you guys were going for, has that changed at all since the beginning? 
Just a little bit. Um, when we wanted to be the eBay of languages. So we wanted each tutor to be independent and set their own rate and have their own sort of mini store and, and to do that. But it, um, it was, there wasn't any sort of SAS software off the shelf sort of thing we could pull out and make it work. So we, we had hired developers and it got, you know, got just more and more um, confusing. And then the tutors um, all know each other and they all want to basically kind of, they don't want to undercut anybody. They want to keep their rates the same. So we realized that wasn't an important part of the, the website. Uh, so they, they, we started at $5. Then they said, yeah, we think we can charge more. So they raised it to $8. Then they raised it to $10. And they raised it to $12 for evening and weekends. And we just let them help. It's still a bargain. The, yeah. the thing is that there are, you know, for a number of years, there were um, maybe a couple of competitors, but not, not many. And now there are a number of competitors that, um, that charge a lot more or different, use different models. So, you know, the tutors were right that there was, there was more room and they, they pushed for that. Um, and then yet people still are getting a really good deal. Another thing I think that we thought early on was, um, you know, that, well, like Clay said, this eBay languages, like we would offer all kinds of languages from all over the world. And we did some experiments, like we started out in Guatemala, then um, went to Nicaragua, which is also Spanish, but, you know, a different country and it's kind of a little different accent, different experience. And then we also did Portuguese in Brazil. And what we found was that it just increased the complexity of what we were doing so much uh, because it's, it, the behind the scenes things can be complex in terms of running the business. Because again, it's not an app, it's not software, it's you're coordinating people and time zones and all kinds of things. So we decided that we'd stick to the original core idea um, that Clay inspired Clay way back in 1998. And, and looking back, uh, you know, kind of knowing what you know today, looking back when you were just getting started, is there anything you would have done differently? Well, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say we, you know, um, we had the tools we had and yeah, it's easy to say, well, gosh, if we'd known where the internet was going to go, but you know, there's no crystal ball. Um, I think it's just being able to figure out a way to, to, to keep things going. I mean, we've run it at a really low cost level. Um, Probably if we'd known more about the impact of social media, that would have been really helpful. And uh, pricing yeah. models have changed. So, you know, really trying to try to stay nimble. I think if we could have built things in such a way that, that we could get out of them more easily. But in the, in the beginning, it's not, you can't really regret what you did because you only have the tools you had. Yeah. We had to build the whole reservation system. The, we had our own video conferencing tool. It, it was built. Uh, it was built off of this platform called Macromedia and Zope and things that not existing. So it was. Uh, we had to do all that, and then we actually launched originally as a business, and then converted to a nonprofit. I don't know. Maybe convert to maybe start as a nonprofit or convert to a nonprofit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Those are things we had to explore. So it's hard to say. Well, you obviously made the decision to switch to a nonprofit at some point down the road. And so I guess maybe that's, that's one thing that maybe you wish you would have done from the beginning. So what was the determining factor in go ahead and going ahead and making that switch? I kind of think, you know, when we first started, um, we really wanted to try and um, bring on as many tutors as we possibly could. We weren't, you know, back then, uh, there was little, little barriers to entry. For example, we thought that you were going to have to have a, 
uh, internet cafe. So we thought that originally all the tutors would have to go to a cafe from place to place. And then because the internet was too expensive. Yeah, nobody had computers and high, you know, uh, quality bandwidth in their homes. Or It was just kind of the Wild West still. Yeah. So then um, wireless came along and wireless was fast enough for video, which was really surprising. Um, and then com the price of computers, you could buy used computers even, and they went down in price. We had to take down a whole bunch of webcams and headphones at one point. I mean, just everything kind of just started to be much more accessible. And so then um, a lot more people were able to, organizations were able to create their own Spanish language as well. So that's not, now it's, and there are a whole bunch of organizations doing very similar stuff to what we're doing, what we've done. Yeah, but to your question, I mean, yeah, we started as a for-profit and it was an intentional decision at the time because we thought, well, maybe this will have the potential to grow more quickly and we wanted to reach as many teachers and students as possible. And so, um, you know, what we learned was that that model wasn't going to work based on our social mission. And what we also learned was that there was even skepticism, you know, when we'd say, well, we, we're doing this with a, a real intention around generating opportunity for tutors and creating a great experience for students. And, you know, we're not doing this to line investors' pockets. You know, we didn't have any investors. It's just us. We're not doing it to line our pockets. Um, and as a for-profit, there was just a lot of skepticism about the mission. And so we wanted to take that off the table. It was... Um, a barrier to trust. And um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe we could have made that decision sooner, but we also were trying to demonstrate that a for-profit could, could be that way. So, so walk me through how, how, how it even works, right? So let's say that I'm, I'm your target uh, or ideal student, meaning I guess that means I know a little bit of Spanish already, but I'm just frustrated with not being able to break through and really be fluent and so I need to have some consistent interaction with a native Spanish speaker. So I go to your website and, you know, I'm used to talking to people that have an online course. You kind of just make a one-time payment and then you have this course and you go through it on your own, on your own uh, schedule. This is different because you have to actually match people up one-on-one -on -one with somebody. So if I were, if I were kind of signing up with you guys, what would that look like um, after I sign up? Sure. Well, um, it's, first of all, they just <clears throat> at our website, you can see a profile of our all our tutors. And so a lot of times people will like to come in and see what the tutor's interests are, how long they've been teaching, and, and maybe look, read the reviews, and then maybe they'll pick a tutor. And then um, you can sign up for a free trial. And what you do is you come into the – you pick a time, and you pick a tutor, and then you'll start your lesson. Um, and we just go through Skype. And then <clears throat> during that first lesson – the tutors, they basically start a conversation. And what they're doing, though, is they're, first of all, they're going to try and find something that you're interested in, and whether it's travel or sports or whatever it may be. And they're going to start to ask you questions about that. And then they're going to ask you questions about that particular topic in the past. And then, and as they're, and then they'll ask you about it in the future. And as they're doing that, they're assessing your ability to speak Spanish using past tense or the future tense and, and all kinds of different ways. And, and so then, then they'll start to gauge where you are and then they'll start to talk about, hey, so, you know, what is it that you're kind of hoping to get out of your Spanish lessons? What are you trying to accomplish? And then, they'll, then after that first lesson, they'll put together a, uh, a curriculum and say, you know, here's what it takes, here's what it would take, here's how many lessons and here's what I'd propose. 
And a lot of students say that sounds great. And, but most of our students are like, I you know I, I know pretty well where my deficiencies are and, but I do need somebody to point them out to me from time to time. And I need the conversation and our tutors are really good about having that conversation. And as you're speaking, making these little, uh, little suggestions and changes and say, okay, well, we really need to go back and practice your potipadas or your, your past tense and these nouns and they'll give you homework if you want it. But it's really on, you know, we have a curriculum. Most students really love the on the fly sort of suggestions, corrections and curriculum as you go along. Yeah. I mean, they just provide that instant, completely personalized experience. So you'll, you'll go, you take that first lesson and they, they can tell you, you know, based on what you tell them and the conversation, here are some suggestions about ways we could proceed and it's up to you. And some people, they just want somebody to practice with. Mm -hmm. Some people, they're really, you know, there's a specific goal. Maybe they're taking a test or they're traveling or they use it for work and they need specialized vocabulary. So it's, it, all of that is a yes. I mean, it's all possible. And, um, and then, then you can decide how many times you want to meet with the tutor. You can choose the times based on the calendar. You're not. And it's, it's funny because we, <laughs> yeah, you know, which is, we have this whole built curriculum. And a lot of the adults are like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't want any homework. Oh, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't <laughs> want to study. I'm done with grammar. I don't want any of that. <laughs> I just want to talk and I want somebody who's going to be patient with me. And I think a lot of it too is if you're not, if you don't speak Spanish well, a lot of people might feel a little insecure going out and speaking in, in public. Mm -hmm. So then here you are in the comfort of your home with your tutor who you can trust and then you can start to practice yeah, and sound no as bad as you <laughs> might sound horrible, but then you keep working with you. Well, the, the more I hear about it, the more I find it fascinating because I guess I just kind of assumed that the main thing that the other person was bringing to the table, meaning the Spanish speaker is simply that they speak Spanish, but it sounds like you've got them armed with um, a strategy to really help these people. You know, it, when you mentioned talking about their interests, in the present and then, then moving on to the past. And that's just like the first lesson. And then they start putting curriculums together. And I'll tell you, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, I've, I've got some friends who just moved to the United States from France about four months ago. And I told um, the guy that I wanted to work on my French, he's like, okay, well, let's go to a coffee shop and just, we'll work, we'll work on it. But he's, he's a French speaker, but he's not a qualified tutor. So we sit down and, and we didn't really know where to go with the conversation. Yeah. You know? So it sounds like when somebody signs up with you guys, they're, they're really getting uh, quite a unique experience. Yeah. Why, why is it that uh, you don't have other languages available? We tried with uh, Portuguese and um, what happened quite a bit is that uh, um, if I was doing the job and I had to help make, you know, whether reschedule a lesson or something, I couldn't communicate with the tutors because I didn't speak. Portuguese. And I realized pretty quickly, this isn't going to work. And then also, um, Guatemala is kind of unique. So Guatemala had this, has a long history of, of immersion programs. So there are lots of tutors down there. They also have high speed internet and the, the poverty level is extremely high. So the, it, the cost for a Spanish lesson from a um, with high quality internet and the tutors are really well educated. That's the amazing thing. They all have college degrees. It's just that uh, the, you know, the, 
the poverty levels are so high that it makes the Spanish lessons incredibly inexpensive. Yeah, I mean, it would be really hard, you know, potentially, I think, to um, offer French from France or something like that. I mean, probably it could even be more expensive than hiring somebody in your local community who's a qualified teacher. So that makes a difference. But yeah, it, it is It is just complex. It's, it's just harder with every language, with every country. There are just multiple things you have to consider that made it prohibitive for a you know, two people who, you know, just are just doing this uh, through their own will um, to be able to sustain that. It was it was more than we could do, and we we didn't just have tons of money to go out and hire customer service and different things to deal with different countries and um, different languages on the back end on the support side. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, how is it that people typically find you? What, what marketing are you guys using? Well, we were in a lot of publications quite a while ago, and then uh, we've been using Google AdWords. And then other than that, we haven't really done anything. There's a lot of word of mouth. Right. There's word of mouth. And, and so Clay and I do some online ads, as he said, and then the tutors do a lot oh, of it. Right. You know, so they're, they're, um, they're really fa fantastic. I mean, they've really taken initiative and they do a lot of social media. They record uh, videos with mini language lessons. They do a word of the day. So you can go and you can start to get to know us through Twitter, through Facebook, get to know the tutors. And then, um, you know, and then some of those people who are exposed to the program that way sign up for actual live lessons. But, but they're really fabulous at it. And the other thing is that they meet people in country, in Guatemala, who are studying Spanish and they advertise locally to tourists who then go home and also sign up um, when they're back home and they want to keep learning or, you know, uh, have a connection to Guatemala. Since this is not uh, an online course, uh, it's something kind of unique. What, what kind of keywords are you guys targeting on Google? Mm -hmm. Well, um, usually it's Spanish tutor. Okay. Or just learn Spanish. Um, but those are competitive, you know, uh, so there's kind of a long tail version of that Guatemala Spanish tutor Skype seems to be pretty common that kind of thing for us uh, so what advice would you guys have for somebody just starting out um, and they want to get in the world of online business and in the world of helping people to learn something I think the one thing that you need to, to do and I don't know that you can make this be it just is or isn't is you need to have passion for it. You need to find joy in it because inevitably I think things do get hard. I mean, you might just be doing it as a hobby and maybe, you know, that's okay. But if you really want to do it and, and help people, I think it's super important to have energy behind it. Like, you know, truly want to do it. And for us, that's really sustained us. I mean, it's been fun to be able to do this together. We're really lucky that, um, we as a, a married couple were able to do this together. It's been an adventure. But there, there were a lot of things that were really hard. And um, for us, having a purpose, you know, really feeling like this was changing people's lives, both on the learner side and on the teacher side, has been absolutely the best thing. So uh, this, this has been a great conversation, guys. Uh, normally, like I told you, um, people just have an online course and, and people buy it and then they take the course. And it's cool to kind of see a different model and uh, you're clearly just helping a lot of people. So I really appreciate you guys uh, joining me for this. So um, to wrap up, um, if you could just, if there's anything else that you want to share with the audience, 
and uh, let people know where they can find you online. Any other advice? No. How about you? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I get. Um... Ask for help, I would say, if, if I could give another piece of advice. Yeah. You know, there are going to be things you don't know. And watch podcasts like this. Talk to people. Ask for help. You know, don't, don't worry about your ego. Um, you know, and, and just enjoy it. And then our website is speakshop.org. S-P-E-A-K-S-H-O-P.org. Cindy, Clay, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Likewise, nice, nice to meet, meet you. you. Take care. Thank you. Thanks again to the Coopers of speakshop.org. If you need work on your Spanish, definitely check that out. And if you want help working on your own online course about whatever hobby or passion or skill that you have, and you want to turn that into a profitable online course, or online business, like the Coopers did, like I did with piano, like so many others have done, especially now in 2018 versus way back in 2004, like the Coopers, then I've got some free resources waiting for you that are gonna help you jumpstart your journey into this online course world. Just head over to theonlinecourseguy.com and we'll see you next time.